Hello and welcome to HIV Matters Podcast. My name is Michelle Croston and as your host I will be facilitating interesting conversations with leading experts in the field of HIV care. The conversations will be centred around exploring ways to improve quality of life for people living with HIV. Throughout my career I've always had a keen interest in any initiatives to improve outcomes for people living with HIV which has led me to work with a variety of different organisations, with different healthcare professionals and activists. Here at HIV Matters, we hope to use our unique perspectives and platforms to improve knowledge and understanding with regards to HIV. In order to do this, we will engage in conversations with people living with HIV, people who have worked in the HIV sector, and sometimes a mixture of both. We hope you enjoy the episode and if you have any ideas or questions on this or future episodes, please contact us at hello at hivmatters.co.uk. You can also follow us on Instagram at hivmatterspodcast or visit our website at www.hivmatterspodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and comment on our show. I'm delighted to be joined today on the HIV Matters podcast by the wonderful and talented Gary Jones. Gary is the designer of the Birmingham HIV and AIDS Memorial and is also a prominent HIV activist. I'm delighted that Gary has agreed to join us on the HIV Matters podcast to talk about the memorial. So welcome to HIV Matters. Thank you for inviting me, it's a pleasure. I'm delighted. I can't wait to hear more about your story. And just for our audience, I'm just um, on a call with Gary this morning. He's wearing the most beautiful um, hoodie I've ever seen. And I'm hoping he's going to share a little bit more about that because I believe that's his artwork as well. So we're in for an amazing show. So without further ado, Gary, are you able to share with our audience your journey to becoming an HIV activist? What inspired you to do this? Um, I'm of that age, I guess, when HIV first came around um, in 1981. I mean, it wasn't called HIV then, but 1983. I'm 62 now, 63 very soon. Um, and yeah, I, I sort of lived through that time where many of my friends, people that I knew, died. Um, just from the scene then you'd hear nothing about them um you come into terms with your own sexuality um and this horrible thing disease virus came over from america and um wiped out i guess lots of my friends and a generation of gay men and other people you know and um I only became HIV myself in 2006. Um, I was lucky enough to be with a partner during the 80s and most of the 90s. So um, I guess I escaped that and there go for the grace of God go I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2006, I became HIV positive myself and um, a big surprise to me. But um, it, it's one of those weird things because by that time, um, you know, antiretroviral treatment was around, so I knew that I wasn't going to die. Um, mm. But there's still all that stigma and all that prejudice. 
ignore that blame and self-loathing and all the other mental stuff that goes with it. But, um, and I've always, I guess, being gay, sort of you, you grew up being an outsider um, but being told that you're wrong and there's something the matter with you and all of that. You know, times were very different when I was a young person. You know, the word gay wasn't even used then. It, you know, it was queer and pansy and puff and all of those derogatory terms, you know. And um, so then when I did become positive myself, I'd always supported people with HIV. But, and it's a different thing when you become HIV yourself. You know, it's difficult to describe, to describe how you feel. I mean, most of the time, I don't actually think about it now. But, it, you know, it took a long time for me to get used to it. And I think it's not necessarily the physical stuff that once you're actually um, on your medication and it's the good sort of medication, you know. And luckily, I'm, on, I'm actually on three tablets a day. I could be on one tablet, but I'm actually on three. Um, and I don't have any side effects with them, so that's brilliant, you know. And um, and also, you know, the big game changer is, and you know, U equals U, untransmittable, undetectable. So um, I've always been a bit of a big mouth, I guess, and wanted. I always wanted equality, being gay. Um, mm. My brother um, got married in 1977. Um, I was 17 and he was having these big parties uh, for his engagement and then his wedding and his celebration of love but it was illegal for me to do that mm-hmm. you know and so I then became an activist in gay stuff I guess mm-hmm. and then um, when I actually moved to Coventry and then to Birmingham so I'm actually from Northamptonshire a very small town in Northamptonshire called Rothwell I'm probably the only gay in the village as it goes but I know I wasn't because the actual postman and his partner were and um, we were always told to keep away from them and but anyway mm. going back to yours because I can, sorry I can grab it on through. no no it's good I'm, I'm just fascinated and I'm I'm a listener Gary so I'll be sat here listening till next week so brilliant um I joined um a group called AB plus in Birmingham Mm-hmm. That you be run by the late um, Tom Matthews, mm-hmm. and um, I was asked to then. I did some drawing and artwork and stuff because you know I'm actually an artist, and um, worked with people there. You know, just 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 art activities, and then was asked um, would I be their spokesman on the World AIDS Day committee, which was formed by about twenty. Um, people representing Birmingham City Council, nurses like yourself, um, and other organisations. And um, back then in 2008, it was more of a memorial day than anything mm-hmm. else. And I, you know, when we introduced ourselves and went round the group, and um, I said to everybody, So, how many of you are HIV positive? And mm-hmm. there was only two of us. Um, out of the 20 and I said and how many of you really want to be here today and mm. so you know so I put cat amongst the pigeons first time I spoke mm. and then um, I, ret- I was sat and listened and I find it hard to um, not speak you know mm. bite my tongue and then um, when they said what they were doing and what they were planning and I said well it's all bit very well having a remembrance service at the cathedral you mm. know but 
most gay men won't go to that because we're not welcome within the church. Mm-hmm. And I said, and what, what, what else do you do in this? Well, we do collecting in the street. And I said, well, I don't want to ditch what you're doing, but how much money do you make? And it was mm-hmm. very small amount, but the amount of people that they use, I said, well, we need to use their time better. Mm-hmm. And the person who's living with HRV, you know, I want to celebrate that I'm alive. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to change um, World AIDS Day. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I think it should be these three things. Mm-hmm. And that we should remember, we should mm-hmm. celebrate, and we should educate. Mm-hmm. And everybody agree with that. And that's what it's been ever since in Birmingham. But we also put a tag name to it and called it Positively Red. Mm-hmm. And um, using the word positive, I think it's been used in other places as well. But we also put a little kink in the heart, um, in the ribbon, and mm. made it a heart shape, sort of symbolising Birmingham as the art of England and the mm. city of the art, and also that love and compassion that could be shown to people HIV positive. And moving forward to 2001, that is where the idea came from for the memorial of the ribbons. So it's two of those ribbons intertwined, supporting each other. Mm. So yeah, so that's that bit. Thank you so much for sharing that. And just for our listeners, um, I'm sat here and Gary's wearing this most wonderful um, sweatshirt. I'm just mesmerised um, by it. It's got beautiful um, art silhouettes of people holding hands with that wonderful ribbon that he's just described. It, it's just wonderful. Um, and I'm hoping um, in the future we'll be able to access that ourselves um, as well because it, it's just it's just wonderful. Um, when you have your comfort. Yeah, def- that would be brilliant. I would be a proud wearer of that at the Nibna conference. That's a, deal, That's a di- brilliant. I I love that. So you so you mentioned um about the memorial, Gary. I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit um about the the memorial because it's absolutely fabulous. And for those listeners who um haven't seen the memorial, I will pop a link in the description um for people to access that. And there will be pictures of the memorial on our social media platforms. Um, as well. So Gary, can you tell us a little bit more about the memorial? So how the memorial came about was um, me watching It's a Sin and Mm -hmm. it took me back to when I was 21 in 1981 and I won't go into it and as I said earlier, it reminded me all those times and I've tried for years and years to try and get memorial done and I just put it out on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and said, come on guys, it's about time there's a memorial in Birmingham, look what's happening now, you know, I'm 60, I was 60 then, no, 61 then, and I said, look, it's 40 years ago, you know, it's a big anniversary, but in 40 years, I doubt that I'll be here, and any, you know, any of us who have lived through it will be, so let's do something about it. And um, within a few days, I've got 600 likes, um, two of my friends that I've known for years, Andy King, Andy Bentley King, I should call him now, because mm-hmm. he recently married, um, from the Fox pub in Birmingham, and Phil Aldershaw, who used to be the manager of um, the Nightingale Club years mm-hmm. ago, 
we've known each other through doing Pride for over 25 years. And mm-hmm. they said, right, we're on board with you, Gary. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I sat down and, and was coming up with different designs, doing different research. And my first idea was sort of two people as if they were hugging each other, standing up, supporting each other. Um, and I thought that's a bit complicated or, or might be a bit expensive because at that time I had no idea really, you know, mm-hmm. it was just an idea. You know, I've got no idea of costs, how mm-hmm. we were going to do it. It was just getting people interested. Mm-hmm. And then when I started researching a bit more through my old papers um, and on the internet and stuff, the things kept coming up was the red ribbon that mm-hmm. I described earlier for the Positively Red, which is an eight heart-shaped red ribbon. Mm-hmm. And so I made some little paper models of that. Mm-hmm. And I one on its own and it looked a bit... I looked a bit pathetic, really. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'll try doing two together, and that sort of intertwined them as if they're standing up. So it's like four legs, and then they sort of twist into each other. Mm-hmm. And so the sort of concept of it, really, is that one represents the past, one represents the future, one could be HIV, one could be AIDS, and they're standing up, supporting each other. It's almost as if they are two people hugging. Mm-hmm. and. Um, I think it's the simplicity of it that really works. Mm-hmm. And um, so then um, one of my friends, Julia Chance, who is um, Southside Biz, which is part of the gay village, um, she manages that area, said to me, so who have you got to do your memorial? And I said, well, I haven't got a clue. I don't know what it's going to be like or anything mm-hmm. yet. And she said, well, she said, show me your drawings. So I showed her the drawings and the pictures. And she said, I know just the person who could make this for you. So it's a guy called Luke Perry, and um, he's, he's in the black country, went to the same university as me, we both studied art, he's a, he's a lot younger than me, but anyway, and he works with mm. all groups that are forgotten in society. So he's done all sorts of work all over the place. And um, she introduced us over the telephone, and mm. I. this was a Friday afternoon, I went to see him on the Monday, took my little paper model, and he absolutely loved it. Mm. And um, unknown to me, he's, he knew, um, he knows the drag queen Cheddar Gorgeous, who you may have saw, seen on um, RuPaul's Drag Race, who did the iconic outfit, mm. you know, Silence equals death and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that they went to university together. Although he's not gay himself, he, he knows the gay scene in Birmingham. And so he knows a lot about it. And him and his wife are actually sitting watching it to sing the same as I have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they said, right, the next project you need to do is an HIV memorial, is what I've said to him. And so a week later, I went to see him, loved it. And he doesn't normally do um, work or designs of other people, but he loved it. Mm-hmm. And within an hour of us meeting, he'd made a little small model of it. And wow. he said, he said, right, this is what we'll do. And um, it was just like, wow, how did that happen? And then mm-hmm. I, so he said, so how big do you want this to be? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, as big as possible. I said, I'm fed up, you know, with, you know, HRV not being spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things all undercover, brushed under the carpet, nobody talks about it. I want this to be as big as possible. So, you know, obviously we've got to raise money for it. We haven't even started, haven't done anything yet. And he said, well, the biggest piece of metal you can physically get is eight metres tall. Mm-hmm. 
So I said, well, we'll have that then, please. And so I said, so how would we do it? And he said, well, well, it, it would possibly be, if you imagine like four walking sticks mm-hmm. and then join them in the middle mm-hmm. and stand up so they were standing and touching and supporting each other. Mm-hmm. So it's actually made from eight pieces, so two are joined together. Um, and it stands just over six metres tall now in the Hippodrome Square at the top of the gay village. But, you know, obviously it's not just about remembering gay people. It's, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just there for people to see in your face. You can't miss it. And people have got to talk about it, whether they want to or not. You know, it's right by the Hippodrome Theatre. So every time that's open, 2,000 people come in and out and see it. So, you know, it's right in the heart of Birmingham City Centre. So, you know, it's just, it's incredible how it's happened. You know, like just a small little team of us did it. And I think that's probably why it happened. You know, when I sort of analyse it and start Mm -hmm. thinking about it like I am today with you, people say, how have you done that in less than two years? And I think it's because... There hasn't been a big committee, so we haven't had to get lots of people involved. Although, obviously, we couldn't do it without, you know, people donating their money generously. And, you know, we've had, we had an amazing fundraiser, Steve Ball, who got on board with us. And he knows everybody and everybody did bids to the Arts Council, wrote to pharmaceutical companies, you know, all sorts of places. And, you know, we had some really big donations because it cost us £220,000 to do. Um, Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it's, um, I'm, I only, get, I only get speechless when I, when I actually sort of think that it's there. Do you know what I mean? And I walk, I don't walk past it every day, but most days when I do, and I go, Ooh. yeah, mm. it's a fantastic, you know, mm. and it, it is, it's, it's just wonderful, you know. And um, and I've met the most amazing people by doing this, and you know, the Quilt Project. But we could talk about that later, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's just. Yeah, I'm just amazed, but delighted. It it sounds like an amazing project, and just from what you're saying, raising awareness, that celebration, but also that awareness raising as well in a time where we need people um, to be aware of what's happening and the changes that are happening. And I'm delighted that the National HIV Nurses Association conferences in Birmingham this year. So I can imagine we're all going to have a um, trip up to the memorial and um, lots of photographs and lots of pride um, looking at the memorial. So thank you um, for for this. It's just absolute. I'm all speechless. I'm falling over my words now. You'd mentioned it happened in two years and it feels like that's a, a good amount of time, but also it, it can feel like a long time as well. I'm just wondering if you're able to share with our listeners maybe some of the highs and lows of um, that journey to the memorial. Yeah, I think the highs and lows were like firstly getting Luke on board, I think, you know, the sculptor. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was as, as excited as I was about it, you know, and, and his skills and you know, I'm an artist, but you know, he's a he's a genius. You know, like mm-hmm. when it comes to sculptures and metal and stuff like that. I mean, some of the 
some of the lows is, you know, we've called it the ribbons, but we could have easily called it the tape, you know, mm. the red ribbons and not the red tape, because, you know, although the council are very helpful and have been really on board and apparently we got um, planning permission quicker than any other thing has ever happened in Birmingham. Mm. Um, but some days I just... So why am I doing this? This mm. is just murder. You know, it's like my brain's dead from it. You know, like mm. they're asking us all these technical questions. And, like, you know, Luke didn't know the answers. I didn't know the answers. You know, all I did was a little cardboard model, you know, and mm. put it up. And so we had to employ um, surveyors, um, mm. people who'd work out how deep, you know, the met how deep the metal needed to go in the ground, how big the concrete base needed to be, you know, and the, all the dimensions. If if a truck hit it, you know, what would happen? Would that fall over? Would the truck be damaged? Blah, blah, blah. Everything you can think of, like if a bird landed on it, if an aeroplane hit it, you name it, okay. we had to think of it all. And um, we hadn't got the answers, you know, and like we, you know, and all of this was being done during the pandemic a lot of it. So we were doing meeting like we are, you know, doing mm. a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting, talking to these engineers and talking to them. And and um, I don't want to criticise them because, you know, it is amazing what we've done. But sometimes I felt that they weren't talking to each other yeah. and they need to talk to each other. And I think because, it's, again, because a lot of people are involved at that point, mm-hmm. I think there's a bit of miscommunication. So they kept coming back to us, when I say us, the three of us, and we hadn't got the answers. And even like the actual week before it was being, you know, put into place, and not not put into place, but they were digging the big hole, because the base of it is actually three meter, 3.2 metres wide, so it's a big square. So they said that they had, it, they had to go one and a half metres deep with concrete to pour that in. And they're asking us all sorts of questions. All right, and I'm just going, you know, put my hands up. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. This, this is why we've got you on board. You know, you need to talk to each other. It's so frustrating. And then all of a sudden they brought in this big document of about 50 pages that we had to fill in. And we hadn't got a clue what we were doing. And the Friday before the Monday, so it's the beginning of November, Mm-hmm. Um, they said they needed this paper signing and filled in and we had to pay so much money uh, otherwise it weren't going to get done well we didn't get it done on the Friday so we thought right that's it it's not going to happen mm-hmm. uh, and then we're all phoning each other up on the, on the Monday so it's myself, Phil, Andrew, the surveyors different people within the council and Julia who works in that area just happened to be walking past at 9 o'clock in the morning and they're painting the floor, spraying the paint, and they start cutting the floor. And they told us it wasn't going to happen on Friday. <laughs> it's like somebody's not talking to somebody, and somebody's. <laughs> so, you know, it went from like real despair that weekend to think, you know, we've done all this work and it's not going to happen, <laughs> to Monday to, you know, jubilation and skipping around the room that, that it <laughs> was happening. And then it did happen, and it's happened, and, you know, it, it's just, yeah, as I say, it's incredible. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it took over my life, and it took over a few people's lives for the, for the two years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
a good two years most of the time. I would say probably 80, 85%, you know, good and 15% bad. But, you know, I think you get that with a, whatever job you do, don't you? You know, some days you don't want to get out of bed, do you? You know, from, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. Oh, absolutely, and it sounds like um, all those things he was asking you with about the memorial, obviously it kind of makes sense why they'd need to know that, um, but like you say, you, you're artist, how would we know, we know that information? But it sounds like despite everything, you managed to pull it off, which is amazing. We were worried that you know it might get vandalised or it might get tagged or sprayed or whatever, but touch wood, up until today it hasn't done, so... That's good, you know. I mean, people have laid flowers and a few of them have been stolen, but, you know, apart from that, you know, nothing bad's happened to it. So that's really good as well, you know. That's brilliant. Because it is, you know, not everybody's nice about HIV, are they? You know, I know Mm -hmm. that, you know that, you know, and that's why we, one of the main reasons we've done this Mm -hmm. is to make life easier, you know, like for me. Um, I didn't tell a lot of my family until this well late last year, mm-hmm. um, and it's not because I'm ashamed of it, but it's just I didn't want them to worry because mm-hmm. you know there's actually nothing for them to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, like they probably wouldn't have understood, and you've got to educate people and all of that. And I just, you know, just yeah, it, it's it's a real funny one, isn't it? You know, um, and you you I'm sure all you nurses who are listening and everybody else who's you know, going to listen to this and understand that, that, you know, most of it isn't your physical health, it's your mental health where you suffer. Mm-hmm. And because of the way society has deemed HIV to be, and I think that starts off from Thatcher and Reagan back mm-hmm. in the 80s where they blamed people, you know, and what have we done? We've had sex, you know, mm-hmm. and probably unprotected at some point, but as I always say when I talk about this, well, there'd be no human race. You know, my mum and dad have to have sex to have me, didn't they? You know, everybody has to have sex or there'd be nobody in the world. So why are we demonised by society for just having a virus? You know, a virus isn't prejudice, so why should people be? I think you equals you has helped in that, you know, um, but a lot of people... Well, most people haven't got a clue what that means. You know, we were on television last week at the launch of the um, the quilt exhibition that we've done alongside this, and the reporter hadn't got a clue. Mm. You know, she didn't know what you equals you is. She didn't know the difference between AIDS and HIV. Um, just, and all she kept talking about was, and uh, yeah, Diana made a big difference like, mm. in, in 1987. Yeah. And I kept, you know, we need to talk about now, not 1987. I want to talk about being undetectable, untransmittable, you know, that a man with HIV can impregnate a woman but not give her HIV or a woman can have a baby and not give it to her baby, you know. And it's, I said that's what we need to get out there, mm-hmm. you know, that it's that you're touching people and, all. you know, we've moved on a lot since then. But, you know, they just don't know because there's been no education, has there? No, exactly. And I think that kind of speaks to the, the things that are happening on Twitter now. I know over the weekend, Lord Sugar had posted something about the the storyline in EastEnders. And I think we need to start having these conversations. And I also think, you know, EastEnders, 
touched on Mark Fowler back in the day. So they're revisiting something and it's a really good opportunity to get the education out there. so frustrating isn't it it doesn't help when you've got somebody like lord sugar who hasn't got a clue what he's talking about you know saying that the baby needs to be aborted and you know that well maybe maybe it's a good way maybe now i don't know maybe you know that does flip it because then it just gets talking about it even more i mean i i was thinking that when i read his post you know he He's got a platform. He's got an opportunity to now to make this different. Um, and, you know, he, he started a conversation. It's whether he wants to continue that conversation. Now he should tweet that he's made a mistake and that he's been educated, didn't he? And almost apologise, I think, but, you know, you yeah. never get apologies, do we? No, exactly. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? When when we When people put themselves out there, they make comments. You know, it starts a conversation, like you say, having that come back to say, oh, do you know what? I made that comment. I didn't know what I was talking about. But actually, now I know this is the reality of what living with HIV. Let's wait and see. Let's let's hope so. He's a a smart cookie, so let's hope he sees the error of his ways and wants to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what's next for you now, Gary? So you, this has been a, a huge part of your life for a long time. Um, what What's next? Um, at the moment, we've, um, we've just opened an exhibition of 52 quilts. Wow. Um, and I said to the other guys, um, back when we decided we were going to do the memorial, that we needed to do an engagement with the community. Um, so it was the 40th anniversary of AIDS and HIV. And I said, why don't we, I said, not reinvent the wheel, but um, you've heard of the names quilts and I'm sure everybody will have done. I said, why don't we do 40 quilts to sort of represent Birmingham and the story of HIV and local things, international things, statistics, all sorts of different stuff. Um, and we applied for funding from the Arts Council, which we got, mm-hmm. which was an absolute nightmare, 190 pages, and then mm-hmm. another 80 pages. It's just like, talk about signing your life away. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was tremendous what the amount of money they gave us, but um, yeah, I wouldn't want to write one. <laughs> but anyway, so we, then we engaged 40 different groups, schools, colleges, universities, HRV nurses, um, some gay venues, um, African groups, all sorts of organisations, scouts, everybody. And um, we ended up actually doing 52 quilts. Wow. And at the moment, they're on display at Birmingham Library, um, the Symphony Hall, the Exchange Building, and where's the other one? The, the Rep, yeah. So they're all on display there at the moment. Um, and I'm going back up there in a bit to meet some friends to show them around. And they're on until the 4th of February. Um, so it's like a little trail around Centenary Square. And you'll you'll know it from seeing the Commonwealth Games where the bull was and the BBC did there. So it's the big square in Birmingham. So that's really great because, you know, it's getting people out there talking. It's then going on display at 
Birmingham City University at Millennium Point, where they're all going to be displayed together on one wall. So that will be fabulous. And then it's going in the mailbox, which is the you know shopping centre and where else? What's it? Oh, in the Hippodrome Theatre. So mm-hmm. what we're hoping to do is once I've um, sort of done all my bookwork and my tidying up and sorting the studio out, is to somehow hopefully carry this on as an education piece mm-hmm. so we're able to you know talk like this or go into colleges and universities etc anywhere that wants us and to talk the same like we did you know when mm-hmm. we went into the colleges with the quilts we tell them our stories and we tell them the history of HIV but the up-to-date stuff you know you equals you and all of that and um, then we had a list or that we could go back to if we wanted to, or they'd come up with ideas. So so some of the quilts have got, one's got how many people are living with it, one's how many people have died, how many orphans there are. But then there's the good things about you equals you and, you know, the um, ART stops vertical transmission to babies. So, you know, it's a real eclectic mix of quilts and they're beautiful and beautifully made. And I'm going to say there's, there's a one group particularly that I want to thank and that's um, a group of ladies called So Marvellous from Mm. Birmingham who are now a national charity Um, and at the start of the Covid pandemic they got together over the internet on teams meetings etc and sewed together scrubs for the hospitals that were Mm -hmm. short um, and sent them out to hospitals all over the place. Now, I knew one of the women from back in the day when I used to go clubbing years ago. Um, <laughs> and I said to her, do you think your ladies would like to make a quilt? Because we wanted to push it out, you know, not just in the gay community, the African community, but everybody. And um, so I met them, and or three of the members, and they said, um, they had lip chat amongst themselves. Come on, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And they said, oh, we've had an idea. We think it'd be better if we're your quality controllers and what we'll do, you don't need to sew them, work with your groups, um, come up with your designs, cut it all out, pin it all on the fabrics, bring it to us and we'll sew it. So wow. then you can work with any group that doesn't have the sewing skills and you'll know that they're done to a good standard. And so they did that. So they did. I think they did about 45 of the quilts wow. all together, thrown them together. And like these ladies have got no reason to do it, but just because they wanted to and they thought it was a, an amazing project. And what I've loved about doing both of the projects is the amount of people that I've met and we've had very little negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, people wanted to ask questions, you know, people you know, want to know what you equals you is. They want to know about, you know, being pregnant and, you know, fathering children and, you know, life expectancy and all of those things, you know, and it's really opened that door, you know, or hundreds of doors, you know, like these ladies, you know, some of them are, you know, elderly ladies, they're going home talking to their children, their grandchildren, and, and that's what this is about. And that's what I wanted this to be. So, you know, it, it's just... It's incredible how that's happened and, you know, again, I keep saying it, but I need to pinch myself or slap myself that this has happened and it, and it's, it's almost like a dream in some ways, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it Sometimes it feels like it's been forever to do and mm-hmm. other times, you know, when I actually think about it, no, it is. It's so quick, really. 
But mm. yeah, it, it's just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, you know. And I couldn't have done it without all these wonderful people, you know. And um, thank you for letting me share, you know, this story to you and the ladies and the nurses and everybody else because, you know, I'd be delighted to speak or at the conference or to meet people and show them the, the um, memorial when you all come to Birmingham. Oh, well, we will so look forward to that. And thank you, Gary, for sparing the time today to talk to us about um, the memorial and all the amazing work that you're doing as well. So this is part of the show where we get to know you a little bit better and I've just been in awe, absolutely in awe when I've been listening to you um, so I'm delighted that you've been here today. Um, but just to get to know you a little bit better, can you share with our listeners something that you do as part of your self-care? I do a lot of walking and um, you know when I used to play this, like I've got a partner called Ed who's, a, who's actually a doctor, um, a radiologist in breast cancer. Oh, wow. Works in a hospital. Um, I always call it Dudley Road, but it's City Hospital in Birmingham. And so, you know, during during the pandemic, I've I've always walked a lot. But you know, like when you're allowed to walk, mm-hmm. and we you know, and you could go out for you know in your little bubble. And we used to play this game, and I don't know if I want to put this on here or not. But we we walk all over the city for miles and miles, mm-hmm. and. Well, we'd see all the two other blokes and you'd you'd say hello to people or couples or whatever. And we used to play this game and we called it Friends or Faggots. <laughs> Sounds good. Whether the, whether the people were either father and son or flatmates or they were partners. And so, yeah, that kept us very amused. But um, I don't think so. Yeah, a lot of walking. I love going to the theatre. I mean, and I'm mm. very lucky in my life, I guess, because... Um, I always wanted to be an artist, but I didn't do it really seriously until I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. And um, it's art. I love art. I love any form of art. Any, you know, painting, theatre, dance, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And um, I've been very lucky, um, or I've guided myself where my work is actually been my art and my passion. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I became involved in Birmingham Pride 25 years ago, 26 years ago, and then I ran the first parade and did mm. workshops for all of that. So my work, I do carnival work and all, you know, pleasurable stuff that, um, again, it, it, it's wonderful that I'm lucky that I'm able to do this, you know, and, um, and, and I've used art in my activism. You know, whether whatever it's been for, it's been all all sorts of medical conditions or you know causes, and yeah. So that's so um yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. I'm just me, you know. I'm I'm nobody special. I just I've I've always wanted. I hate unfairness in worlds in the world, and you know I've sounded like Miss World now, aren't I? But um. I want. I think people should be treated as people. It doesn't matter where you come from, what religion you are, what sex, what religion. And um, you know, we're all people, and you know, we're all living the same world. And what we do affects everybody else. You know, and um, so 
I hope that what I've done has made a bit of a difference to people. I am very, very confident that it has, Gary. So have you read anything, a book or an article or anything um, that you're able to share with our listeners? Well, um, not read. I went to the um, um, Grace and Perry exhibition the other day and I forgot to mention that um, Jonathan Blake, you know Jonathan Blake, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we invited Jonathan Blake to come and open the quilt exhibition, mm -hmm. and um, I only met him last year when he came to Birmingham Pride to Pride House, and mm -hmm. they had some of the original quilts on mm -hmm. display in Birmingham. And um, I met him then and told him I was doing this project, and um, so I went to that exhibition, which is amazing. And Jonathan's quilt is actually hanging in the hanging there so that's mm -hmm. yeah that's incredible yeah i'm not a big book reader and um, mm -hmm. i do read sometimes, but um i'm more i'm more visual than i am mm -hmm. you know well, i mean we, i did write the guide with my friend rachel which is 120 pages long so somebody is dyslexic it's not that bad really no that <laughs> is a couple of little mistakes, so that's probably the main reading I've done recently, <laughs> isn't sure. But good descriptions of each of the, the quilts, who made them, who sewn them, what they represent, you know. So, yeah, mm. and that guide is um, available, um, and we'll, we'll be putting that online. So, yeah, I, I think my next thing to do is to look at um, merchandise and stuff, because we haven't got any lighting for the memorial yet so we've got a fundraise for that so i think you know i'll just add this one made to see what people thought and then um, getting good response so i think yeah we'll we'll get these on our website and see if we could get them out there and people could buy them yeah definitely well what we'll do um for our listeners is we'll put the link to your website in the show description and i would definitely check out the merchandise it is an absolutely phenomenal um so yeah um, that would be amazing now you've said that, I think it needs to be. <laughs> it does, honestly. It, it's it's amazing. It, yeah, it is, it is beautiful. And finally, one last question, although I think we have touched on it a little bit, but um, if time, money, resources weren't an issue, what would you like to see done differently in the world? If I had a magic wand, and I wish I had. <laughs> people treat each other with kindness. Yeah. They agreed, you know. And you know, there is enough money in the world, but you know, some people are greedy and they keep it all, don't they? Yeah. You know, and you know, like like companies, we go on about saving the world and you know being greener. Well, we all know what's got to be done. You know, Coca Cola have got to stop making their plastic bottles. You know, all these big firms. You know, we can do our little bit, but until those big companies do what they've got to do. We're fighting a losing case, I think. But, but you know, um, yeah, just people treat each other nicely. You know, people, you know, like I hate in this country how, you know, refugees are villainized. You know, yeah. you know, well, we need to stop selling them bombs, you know. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I could get really political now, but <laughs> too political. But, you know, if we stop making bombs in this country, then there probably wouldn't be in being blown up in Africa and the Middle East and that, and then want to come here, would they? You know, it's mm. if we were all in that situation, wouldn't we want our families to live in a country that's peaceful most of the time? 
We would, wouldn't we? So uh-huh. why are they why are they being made out to be these horrible people who are just, you know, grabbing for money? They're not. No, they They're just not. absolutely not. You would it's that safety and I can't I can't think what goes through a parent's mind that they would put a child in a boat it's got to be you know do you know what i mean it, that's it's not anything that the the yeah, press you can't, you can't comprehend it you can't you? comprehend it no um and it, it is it's shameful the way that's portrayed in the media it's yeah that needs to change massively blaming the people at the top not the people at the bottom exactly and people will do what they need to survive and that's human nature but i agree gary more kindness in the world and more accountability like you say to the bigger companies who can make a difference thank you to today's guest and to you for listening to this episode of hiv matters i don't know if you're anything like me and are busy writing down the lovely book suggestions made in our show That's why HIV Matters have teamed up with bookshop.org to bring all these fantastic books to you in one unique place. To find out more about this and how to access the bookstore, please check out today's show descriptions. Today's edition of HIV Matters has been brought to you via an unrestricted educational grant from Vive Healthcare and Gilead Sciences. Gilead and Vive have had no input into guests or topics. HIV Matters is the official podcast of the National HIV Nurses Association. For more information about the National HIV Nurses Association, head over to www.nivna.org. Thanks again for listening to our show. We hope to see you next time and together we can make a difference.